Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast, where we help you get clarity, build skills, enhance your character, curate your environment, take daily massive action, and develop a positive mindset. Join our community by heading over to workwithtimmydouglas.com and get our free book and list of questions that will help you build an impactful and purposeful life. Enjoy the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Doug Utberg, who is the host of the People's First Leaders, People First Leaders podcast. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> where he meets with founders and CEOs who prioritize people and customer value first. Doug, how you doing? Doing great, doing great. And you did that exactly like you practiced in the pre-show. So nicely done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, cool, man. We like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself, and what you'd like to do for fun, that'd be great. Sure thing. Uh, so I think my my background is I, I had about a 20-year corporate career. I was in tech uh, in the finance uh, area. So I was at Intel Corp and Lattice Semiconductor. But then I actually got laid off at the beginning of COVID. And so that's when I began what I call my hustle career. So it's been a combination of uh, consulting gigs, uh, contracts. And of course, now I'm, uh, well, I've been the host of People First Leaders podcast for a few year, a couple of few years now. Um, and but as far as things that I do for fun, well, I have two kids. My daughter is seventeen, and my son's fourteen. So, pretty much all of what what other people would consider free time is consumed by stuff having to do with their activities. So, like for example, my son's a Boy Scouts. Uh, I'm the committee. Lead, I'm the committee chair for his troop. I was an Eagle Scout myself back in the day. Uh, my daughter's in dance, and she's uh, checking out colleges because she's going into her senior year. So, it's a it's a busy time. Yeah. I got you. I got you. So a lot of your recreational time is filled helping their kid, helping your kids live their that's life. That's right. That's that's how it goes. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And so now you're in the hustle part of your career, yeah. right? You're in your W2 corporate life for 20 plus years. And what does the hustling look like now? Is the podcast the main generator of revenue? Is it the consulting gigs? Is it? Yeah, uh, it's I go, yeah, it, it's principally the consulting gigs. I mean, because the uh, the podcast is primarily about business development for the consulting gigs. And so I actually intentionally tried to have it be non-monetized so that it doesn't, you know, because uh, so that it doesn't smack of me trying to bombard people with, uh, you know, uh, with advertisements. So like, yeah. for for example, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to is uh, School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. I love it, except for the fact that it is, oh my God, the commercials, yeah. <laughs> they just never stop. And yeah. I get it. That's how he finances his life and blah, 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 blah. But uh, there's got to be a balance. <laughs> yeah. And you I know, gotcha. because like a, a lot of it is, you know, my governing life philosophy is uh, is that you know? I think the the road to ruin is when you pursue money without providing value. So I say, just provide value, and don't worry all that much about where the money comes from because the value is big enough. The money will find you. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I feel that, and um, it's it's one of the reasons I started my podcast. Actually, yeah. I just wanted to start providing value. Didn't see yeah. a clear path to revenue, and now you know, creating it, growing the audience, all that good stuff, and so. I'm right there with you, vibing All with you. All right, down. Look, the consulting gigs, Doug. Yeah. What What does it look like? Are you going going into small businesses, larger businesses? Are you helping them? Yeah. Um, build a staff. Tell us about bit about the data. Sure. 
So, so the um, my, the primary consulting that I do is I work with you know probably mid to larger size companies and I help them reduce their contract costs. So, for example, say we're talking about you know, a 10, 20 million dollar manufacturing company. Uh, what I would do is I would come in and then my team and I would restructure their contracts in exchange for a percentage of the savings. So it's a zero risk proposition. We'll take a look at things like their you know their packaging, their maintenance repair overhaul, their um, uh, you know, if they have enough employees, health insurance or office supplies or things like waste removal, there's like 40 cost categories or something like that. And so, but the whole idea is to have it, have it be value-based. So in other words, you know, instead of the usual kind of gig where I'm like, Hey, I'm going to convince you that I'm great. I want you to write me a check. And by the way, there's absolutely no guarantee that you will benefit from what the service I provide at all. Yeah. That's how most businesses work. And that just drives me nuts. Um, and you know, everybody wants to be paid first and then, you know, Basically, you kind of tr- hope slash trust that what they do will have a value in excess of what you've paid them. Although, jokes on you if it isn't. Um, I prefer that to, to be the other way around, and that the you know the value comes first, and then the payment is a percentage of the value. So if the value is really, really, really big, uh, then I can justifiably ask for an enormous check. Yep, I got you, and I like how you targeted you know ten to twenty million dollar companies because. Yeah. You know, if you're working with a company that has 500,000 a year in revenue, the contracts aren't even going to yeah. be sizable enough for you to. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, another, another thing that I've going on right now as well as, uh, you know, I did a fair amount of work with SAP and other uh, enterprise uh, data systems back in my corporate career. So I also have some consulting going on in that, in that uh, realm too. So it's uh, there's a lot of juggling, but you know, that's what, that's what the hustle life is about is it's very rare that you will start out doing one thing and be able to finance your life with that. So you'll usually be juggling three to four things. Yeah. And, you know, you, as I say, right, it's like, it's like if you're at the table at Vegas, right, you know, you're playing three to four hands until you figure out which one gives you your best odds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Um, and So the I was actually, I, I was uh, a couple of months ago, I was I was doing the exercise, right? What's my 10-year vision and all those types of things. And the 10-year vision that I really have in my head is that I want to change the culture of American business to put growing people and creating customer value first. Um, Because I personally feel that unfortunately the culture has kind of gotten to uh, grow earnings no matter what. The problem being that if you grow earnings and you're not providing value, eventually that's going to collapse, which is what I feel we're pretty close to at the point of this recording. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the investing in people. Yeah. uh, just vibe. I think it's what yeah. I do best. Actually, I just love uh-huh. seeing people grow, and so I'll I'll like I'll walk through it with people. Like, I love confronting adversity with yeah. somebody because if we have the commitment to one another to come yeah. out on the other side, that relationship is going to be stronger, and we're both going to be stronger for it. And so I'm all for uh, growing people, investing yeah. in people, putting customer value first too. And, it's kind of an extension of that. Yeah. Um, and here's the gut check for growing people. Mm-hmm. This is this is the uh, the. The, the tests a lot of people have trouble passing. If you really grow people, you will eventually grow them beyond the need to be associated with you, as in the highest and best use of their talent will be to move on from you. And that can be really hard when it's somebody that's highly productive, but that's the thing that tells you whether you're really interested in growing people or not. Are you willing to let go when it hurts? Or is it just about, you know, uh, backslapping feel good? Um, you know, but as soon as it comes to paying a price, you kind of, you know, hunker in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. That definitely is. Um, What do you think about this though? 
uh, I'm curious when you grow people and you grow them out of their role within your yeah. company, um, you know, then they move on, they move on to bigger yeah. opportunities, so on and so forth. What, what do you think about leaders creating a vision big enough to fit mm -hmm. their ultimate goal within that bigger vision? Does that question make sense? Uh, well, let's see. So I would say if that vision existed before the person came to your company, then yes, I think that's great. If you change the vision to try to hold on to a person, you're not that great of a leader. Yeah, you're, you know, you're, you're, you will almost certainly um, collapse under the 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 weight of your own indecisiveness at some point. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Well, cool, man. So, would you say your motivation is the investing in people, growing people, and putting customer value first, or would you say that's just the ten year goal and there's an underlying motivation? So, I think the um, that's a uh, I'm. I've thought about this a lot. I'm trying. I keep trying to think about a 30 second way to articulate it. Um, the 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 real motivation for me is to to create and deliver meaningful value. Yeah, it's. Oh, you may have to edit this out. <laughs> I'm struggling here. Oh, no, you're good, man. It's a conversation. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it's the you know it's you know it, it's really about you know a about aligning my life and career toward that creation and delivery of unique value. And because that's actually a lot harder than you might think, because what a lot of people figure out how to do is they figure out how some way to riff off something somebody else said and basically make a Me Too brand that can be profitable. That does not hold any interest in me at all. It has to be something unique. Otherwise, I don't feel like I'm really creating. Otherwise, I'm not adding to the lexicon of, uh, of human knowledge. All that I'm really doing is just monetizing a slice of it. I mean, sure, you can make some money at that. But, you know, at, at some point in the future, we're all going to die. And most of us will never be remembered for anything, myself included. But I'm going to have the best shot if I, <laughs> if there is some meaningful way that I can increase the, uh, as I say, incre increase the lexicon of human knowledge in a value positive way. I got you. I got you. Cool, man. Well, we've already heard about one yeah. goal that you have, changing the culture of American business to put growing people and putting customer value first. Okay. What are some other dreams or goals that you have? Is that the main one and you just want to leave it there or you want to add some on? I mean, so personally, the what, what I would really say is that I want to organize and live my life to just be authentically myself. And that sounds simple, but it really isn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, you know, when once your life starts involving, you know, spouse, family, kids, in-laws, you know, parents, things like that, it gets really complicated. And because in Unfortunately, well, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on the way you look at it, but you know, it usually takes about half of your life to figure out what you really want to do and about half of your life to figure out kind of who you really are. And if that's not the same as the direction you've been going, you either say, this is too big of a pain in the ass to change. I'm just going to go with it. And um, you know, die someday knowing that I left my, you know, that, that, that my best music has never been played, or I'm going to have to go through the pain of trying to reorient my life to live completely authentically yeah most people choose option a yeah i feel you well tell us a little bit about what authentically yourself is so for for me what that really means is that you know is giving of i would say you know you know 
giving of your full self, whether that is, uh, you know, romantically, spiritually in a, you know, in a business sense, uh, you know, without trying to massage what you're saying to align with somebody else's expectations. And it's, you know, it's easy to do that in a jerkish way. Those people tend to end up being socially isolated, Um, but it is, you know, it is possible to do that in a way where you can still be sociable with people. It just takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of transparent communication. And it's not easy to do. Yeah, (laughs) I think everybody would agree with that. (laughs) Well, and particularly because one of the things that ends up happening and, you know, cause this is one of, one of the things that I've experienced is because like right now I live in, you know, the, the house you know, right now I live in what a lot of people would be considered their dream house. Right. I've been, uh, you know, I'm in Oregon wine country, you know, Pinot Noir area in the, you know, Chehalem Valley, you know, AVA, uh, you know, I've got a you know, 3,800 square foot place and three acres, you know, dogs, cats, chickens, all the stuff, but it consumes so much time to take care of the place and we live a long ways away. So we end up commuting a lot of times. And in a lot of cases, the things you want will end up, the things you think you want will end up consuming your life to the point where you will eventually learn that that's not really what you want. Mm -hmm. The problem is that unwinding it is tricky. A lot of people get here with businesses, you know, and it's, it's actually not that hard to, create and grow a business that generates a lot of money. It's extremely hard to create and grow a business that generates a lot of money and allows you to have a life where you can go and do things you'd like to. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, tell us top three things you would change in your life right now to make it more authentic. So um if, if you want to go there. If you don't want to oh, go yeah, there, man, we can I, move on. I was gonna say put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> we can totally move on. We can totally move past <laughs> the question. Uh, yeah, I, well, let's see. So I'm uh, okay. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like I'm admitting defeat if I don't answer. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it. I, I I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not letting you lay the smack down on me. I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna play ball. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Uh, to top three things more authentic. I think the 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 main main thing, at least for me, is that I feel like it's time to move to a smaller place that has, you know, that's less maintenance. It will be painful. It's not going to happen right away, but I think that's one of the things I need to do. Uh, Another thing is that I'm going to need to reduce the frequency of a lot of social interactions I have, particularly with family, because right now that consumes a lot of our time. And, you know, that's a, it was a holdover from, you know, when the kids were little, we spent a lot of time with family during COVID. That was kind of the only people we could spend time with. And so that just sort of carried over. Um, and that's, that, that's not going to be particularly easy, but that's one of the, one of the other things that, uh, yeah, that I feel is really important. And then as far as number three is that I am going to have to take at least one of the ventures that I'm, uh, that I'm. I'm currently, you know, one of the hands I'm playing to see how it works and I'm going to need to just move it off the table is that I'm going to need to start taking, you know, going to need to start taking chips off the table and focusing on a smaller number of things. I gotcha. Which venture? Oh man. I, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm ready to ask that to answer that question yet. I feel that. I feel that. Okay. Hypothetically. Right. Which yeah. Venture? Okay. Okay. Look, look at this. Gun All to right. your head. So, Gun to your yeah, head. Yeah, you have yeah, to pick yeah, one tonight. You're, you're, okay. No yeah. Commitment. You're, you're, you're throwing the fa- you're, you're throwing the baseball at my helmet now. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, 
So if there was going to be one that I was going to, well, I mean, the, the one that I'd like to step back from is the, you know, or the, that I want to step back from is the one where I'm doing the, you know, the data system ERP consulting. That's the one that's the most consistent income right now has the highest bill rates, least volatility. Uh, it, has, it has the most, uh, the most apparent safety, but of course that's the one that's going to be least aligned with future direction. Yeah. Problem being that you have to pay the bills. And so that's, <laughs> yeah. I got that's you. how that that's how life goes. Yeah. Is there a way you could scale that business to where mm -hmm. it's like maybe 10 xing the revenue, yeah. but put somebody in your position and just take the take the delta and um, then make it two hours a week or something like that? Yeah. I don't see it, but I'd uh that, that's something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I don't see it, but that's something to think about. Yeah. Okay. So we got move to a smaller place, requires mm -hmm. less maintenance. Reduce the frequency of social interactions, particularly with family, and then get rid of the ERP consulting um, or step back from it. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, ERP yeah. is like a soft commit. Maybe it's yeah. a different venture. Yeah. It's because, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd say that's, that's probably the, uh, that's probably the stuff. Okay. Cool, man. Well, any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about? Um, Let's see. It's, I'm frankly more concerned with really just living true to who I am because I figure dreams and goals will come. But in a lot of cases, you can get, it's really easy to get wrapped around a certain dream or goal, but it's really the person who you become in the process. It's more important than the goal itself. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's hype, man. I like that you are really pushing for that authenticity because ultimately at the end of the day, you got to look, look back on life yeah. and be like, I lived it. What's yeah. Frank Sinatra song, My Way? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, because the, the thing is, you know, in order to do any kind of, I, I think in order to, uh, unless you're extremely self-aware and have very, very, very supportive people around you, in order to do really deep self-analysis, you have to go through some kind of significant emotional or physical trauma in a lot of cases, both, although mm -hmm. hopefully not. Um, you know, in my case, yeah, you know, the, the whole getting laid off in the middle of COVID and I ended up putting in like 300 and something job applications because there, you know, just nobody was hiring. Yeah. And you know, that, that was just like a giant gut check, you know, yeah. there, you know, you, 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 you all, you have to go through those feelings of worthlessness and tell am I going to do and, you know, having to have stuff not working. I mean, because it's like going through things, not working and like finding that, okay, I'm still all right. Yeah. is that, that that's the thing that dissipate that can dissipate your fear of failure you, you you have to go through just a complete and total failure and no no say no i'm still i'll still be okay yeah yeah i um i used to ask this question on the podcast what's kind of the the catalyst that makes people change their life switch from fixed mindset to growth mindset and it's always uh some extreme event that yeah. causes either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. And it takes a personal choice when faced with those things. It's like the answer that I kept getting from everybody on yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, well, and, and cause here's what I would say with growth mindset too. Cause like a lot of people say, Hey, I adopt, adopted a growth mindset and I got really great results. And it's like, if you have a growth mindset, the results don't matter. Yeah. If the, if the results matter, you still have a fixed mindset. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. If you, if you, if it's really a growth mindset, <laughs> Yeah. Then you're doing it because it's the right thing to do, not because it gets you the better results. Yeah. The better results are a nice byproduct, but if it's results-based, you still have a fixed mindset. Go back to school. <laughs> go back to school. <laughs> there we go. I, 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 I know this from experience. <laughs> yeah. 
I love it, man. Well, cool. Do you have a, a date in mind where you'll kind of move it into a smaller place that requires less maintenance? Oh, that's hard to say. Um, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's probably going, yeah, that that's hard to say. Um, I, I'd like to shoot for the net within the next couple few years, but what stops you from fire selling and just going to a smaller place in the next three months? Um, is it a family thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It, well, that's the thing is, you know, it's, you know, when you're, you know, when, when you know, when, when you're gunslinging single person, that's a, that's a different yeah. ball game than, uh, than when you're married, when you have a fit and have a family. Uh, uh-huh. Is it kind of like one to keep the kids in the same place? The wife's just not on board. Uh, yeah, combination, but yeah, I think stability is important, especially mm. because, you know, my daughter's going into senior year, um, you know, yeah, just, you know, household stability is important. Uh, generally speaking, um, spouses tend to like, uh, like stability. That's a fairly, <laughs> fairly yeah. common attribute. So, I and by you. the way, there's, there's nothing wrong with stability. That's, in oh, fact, it's great. That's a, it, yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a very laudable characteristic. It's just, it's, it's just impossible to grow without having things change. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, awesome, man. Um, what are the top one to two skills that you need to develop right now to mm -hmm. make these dreams and goals come true? Um, I would say biggest skill is, is making uncomfortable changes and then letting go of opportunities mm. because probably I would say my, my biggest Achilles heel is that I have an extremely hard time saying no to things that I think could be great opportunities. Oh, I see. That's interesting. Do you think it's because, why do you think that is? <laughs> well, it's a, a part of it is because um, I'm very cognizant that there's a whole lot that I I don't know that I don't know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so you don't ever really know where the big breakthrough is going to come from. Yeah. And so there's a part of me that's concerned if I tunnel too much on one thing, I could be giving up other opportunities. But the problem is that if you don't focus on one thing or <clears throat> a small number of things, there's a limit to how much you can grow it. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. That focus is key. And controlling that FOMO is yeah. also key. I think Alex Hormozzi. Do you know Alex Hormozzi? Yes. Yeah. Well, God, everybody knows Alex. The whole internet knows Alex Hormozzi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't know Alex? Well, I mean, I don't like know him personally. He wouldn't like, he wouldn't, he doesn't take my phone calls, but I watch his YouTube channel and, you know, yeah. he, he just, you know, he, he makes, he, he makes earning gobs of money. It just looks like it, like it's as easy as falling off a turnip truck. Ah, uh, he's such a beast, man. <laughs> I'm just like. Oh, but he is so extreme too. Okay. Well, well that, and you know, he's also got like the, he's got the biceps that are the size of my head. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Alex Ramosi who talked a lot about focus and specifically the woman in yeah. the red dress and how yeah. the woman in the red dress gets more and more attractive as you level up more and more and the skill yeah. of saying no. And it's something you really got to learn. Be like, it's a great opportunity, just not yeah. one for me. And yeah, honestly, I don't know how I learned that because I, I have a problem with focus too. You know, I'm running yeah, a podcast, marketing for real estate properties, and want to buy a business. And so it's like yeah. do it all three. So well, it sounds like you're I mean, yeah, it sounds like you need to add like three or four more things to the mix. I mean, <laughs> you only only have you only have three three hustles going. What's come on, what's wrong with you? You gotta pump those numbers up. Rookie numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, though. No, no. I like um 
I will say the buying the business isn't uh it's kind of like a two year, three year, four year thing. It's mm-hmm. like I have to see success in some of these other things. Yeah. Like really the podcast and the real estate are the main things on my plate. Yeah. And I would say I'm hosting a virtual summit, which is like a back end offer for the podcast. Yeah. Um, which is another kind of you can link it with the podcast. So really I have two yeah. things, kind of three going on, but yeah, man. He says just focus, pick one and just stick with it. You can make all of them a billion dollar thing. Just pick mm-hmm. one. I'm like, that's easy to say when you're worth a hundred billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, and uh, okay. So this is, this is one of the other things, uh, things too, is that, um, it, well, you know, there's, I'm sorry, we're, we're going on Alex quotes, you know, it's like, if somebody tells you, okay, well, you know, save your money, put it in the S and P 500, be like, all right, thanks, Captain Obvious. So Warren Buffett says that it's amazing. Um, yep. You know, so like, you know, when, you know, when Tom Billu says something, it's like, well, who's this guy? Okay. Well, he, you know, sold Quest Nutrition for 400 million bucks. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so he's credible. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yep, yep. so that's the thing is, and because the thing that I keep thinking to myself is I'm like, okay, am I listening to what someone says just because they have a whole bunch of money and have been successful or is what they say really uniquely meaningful? Is it fundamentally different from other stuff that I've heard or am I just chasing a shiny object? Yeah. Um, and, you know, because, because the, the, uh, and now if there, if there is one, uh, you know, if there is one self-centered thing that I would like to do, um, uh, if, and when I achieve the, uh, the success that I want, uh, you know, it's to snub all the people who didn't pay attention to me when I wasn't big. <laughs> you know, I, I like, won't you know, write that one down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to write that one down. But uh, but yeah, you know, because of course, right? You know, when you know when you don't have a following, you're invisible. Oh, you know, when, it's like you, know. when you know when, when you know when you don't have a real, you know, how I made a bajillion zillion whatever dollars, you know, in two hours a week, you know, sitting at home with no effort at all. Um, you know, you, until you have that. I tell you have that story and it's real and people believe it you just you're invisible mm. and see, that's the thing is you know trying to build a brand kind of in the um you know in the you know the awesome amazing super fantastic amazing bigger super colossal you know everything everything era it, it's it's hard yeah you know? <laughs> yeah no for sure it definitely is um yeah there's nothing more to say. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. You know, it is what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Twitter's not giving out free engagement. Neither is Instagram, neither is Facebook. I mean, oh, TikTok man. was, I don't know if they still are, but you know, of course the, the problem for like all of those, uh, you know, is that the, I think the single, the single most reliable strategy for all of those platforms is to be an attractive female, which I can't do. Well, I mean, I suppose I can, but it will require a lot of very expensive right, surgery. Chill, chill, chill. <laughs> 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 gonna get my podcast canceled. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, okay. you're gonna get back. <laughs> just facts, man. Just facts. <laughs> um, yeah, man. And you know what else I think is interesting about the building the brand thing? Um, they they like went and built the story, but then they also put a lot of money into their brand. Like Alex Hormozzi, he yeah. like says, yeah. "Yeah, I just did a bunch of organic marketing for my uh for my brand and stuff," mm-hmm. and he did. But he also had a team he was paying 20 to 30K a month that kind of yeah. knew the organic strategy. And yeah. he was paying for years of experience in 10 to 20K a month because he had the cash flow and that helped him grow. 10 to now, 20K for Alex, another 10 to 20K for Layla. So between the two of them, they're about 50 to 80 grand a month. Yeah, no, I think they're more squad. around 80 now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, because yeah, yeah, no, Glam Squad doesn't happen just for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I think it's, there's something to that whole, 
yeah, you can build your brand, but when you're really trying to do stuff alone, this is what I've kind of found. When you're trying to do stuff alone, man, it's just, it's rough. And the sooner you can incorporate as many people as possible that are trustworthy and skillful and Mm -hmm. are aligned with the same vision, that's when you um, can build momentum a little bit faster, perhaps. And then, and now I'm going to dial up the contrast on you a little bit. And then at what point does that become a prison? It does. See, 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 because here's the thing. It's like Alex's social, Alex and Layla's social success. It's I, I'd be willing to bet that it, at some point it's going to turn into a prison, unless yeah. at some point they just want to walk away from it and let all the engagement just disappear. At some point, it turns into a prison. That's true. You have to keep running on the treadmill in order to keep the engagement going. You do, you do, and then it's a, it's a matter of perspective, right? Because you can see yourself in a prison. It's like so. The question is. What um, what makes you feel like you're imprisoned? Yes. Is it that you are um, doing it? What purpose are you doing it for? Are you mm-hmm. have you switched to doing it for other people's expectations, or did you stay doing it because you wanted to make this impact, or get this business yeah. idea out there, or grow this for the yeah. sake of yourself? And so I guess it's a matter of um, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. you got to be drastic and walk yeah. away. But yeah, and and that's the thing. Is, yeah, I, you know, I can't speak for Alex and Layla. They uh. You know, I, I can't speak for for anybody else but me. And yeah. you know, some and sometimes I even get confused about my you know about my <laughs> own thoughts and feelings. So, but uh, but yeah, but that's the thing is that the uh, you know, stuff that is that seems really really awesome can turn into a prison really quickly, and yeah. it it can happen without you even really noticing. I mean, that's well, I mean, so uh, my daughter is a really big fan of the Austin Butler Elvis movie, and so but that's what happened to Elvis, right? You know, he was yeah. in the residency in Las Vegas. Everybody's like, oh, he has this glamorous life. It's like can't leave you can't go anywhere <laughs> it's, yep. it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah yeah you know at you know at at some point if what you're doing turns into a prison i think that's probably the hardest thing to do is if you've invested your life into building something that's turned into a prison do you have the self-awareness and self-discipline to walk away from it yeah yeah that self-discipline is key too because um, you do always have the option to walk away. Like sure. as you, you just have to be willing to deal with the consequences of that. Right. Yeah. And so Layla and Alex could walk away and they could um, lose all their engagement, but they'd never have to post another thing on social media. It's like, yeah. you could fire sell your house right now, but then you might ruin yeah. your daughter's life or something yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah. those are some consequences I don't want to deal with. And so it creates this prison, but it's a weird type of prison because yeah. it's not one where you're there against your will. No. but it feels like you are because it's, yeah it, well it's and because yeah I, I think of it as like a psychological prison because yeah it's it's not that somebody is like coercively forcing you to do something but it's that you're constrained by either your own expectations or someone else's expectations and there is you know and so you end up not doing the things you really feel you want and need to uh just because of those barriers uh, yeah I, and I, I think that that's, um, I mean, because like, for example, right, you know, we'd say, okay, well, you know, we all talk about success and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, if the worst happens, you know, you can, you know, any of us, we can just move to Tibet, go join a monastery and become a monk and live a very, probably, probably more happy and fulfilled life than we do right now. There's no barrier to that. Yeah. Really anybody does it, but there's no barrier to that. Very true. Um, and so, you know, but you know, the, it's, and I don't know the answer to this, but a lot of us, you know, we end up spending a whole bunch of our lives creating a really elaborate psychological prison that we're afraid to escape from. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a matter, like, when I first hear that, I'm like, the prisons I've created were, one, playing football. I got really mm -hmm. good at football. And then, two, I was leading Young Life. And uh -huh. so um, it was when, like, my values didn't match my preferences, uh -huh. which is a really weird – it's like, why would you have values that don't match your preferences? And there's just some questions you really ha have to ask yourself of, like – I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just diving deep into like what you believe and what you focus on and what you prioritize. Cause ultimately, you know, your, your daily actions lead to mm -hmm. your priorities. Right. Yeah. And so clearly you are prioritizing your daughter's happiness mm -hmm. and well, families. Yes. Yeah. Families. Yes. Yeah. Families, happiness and stability over mm -hmm. your own desire to fire, sell and get a smaller place, yeah. which Almost everybody would say very admirable prioritization right there. You're doing it exactly how you need to be doing it. But then the question is, why is there like discontentment there? And so when I was playing football, mm -hmm. it was like I was prioritizing my family's perceived need over my own happiness because I thought football was my only way to make money. As soon as yeah. I figured out that wasn't the case, I felt fine. Yeah. Football. But there was a okay, you're choosing to prioritize your family, but you're unhappy with that result. Yeah. Why is there discrepancy there? Mm -hmm. And I think like the answer to that question of why is there discrepancy, which I think is different for everybody. Yeah. It's kind of what gives insight to the issue. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so. And the, the thing that, you know, and the, one of the things that I've been, you know, kind of meditating on a lot or an idea that I've been kind of trying to mentally unpack is the difference between doing something that's good because it's what you're expected to do versus doing something good because it's what you genuinely want to do. Mm. Most people don't see the difference, but there's a huge difference. Oh yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. That was my second, that was my second yeah. prison young life. It was like Christian and yeah. you know, I was doing ministry and I was like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be a good Christian. And mm -hmm. then um, I was miserable. Like I hated yeah. life. <laughs> it, it was just another people pleasing type of well, vibe. And so. I think that's and again, because yeah, I I've uh you know I I I I didn't grow up in an evangelical church, but you know, I was at a Lutheran church, same place since I was five years old. Yeah. And yeah, there is it's very easy for a toxic positivity cult to to emerge in places like that because be, you know e even when you're going through rough times you learn very quickly to not let it <laughs> to not let it out because otherwise the word spreads and you know you know however fast the fastest person can run like ten thousand times faster than that <laughs> yeah yeah no for sure and i think i was lucky because i i kind of noticed it when i was younger and so i did something mm -hmm. really selfish which is i did the exact opposite of what i thought everybody wanted me to do uh -huh. <laughs> and it, it really helped me because I was like, okay, I'm feeling all this pressure to be a good Christian, which means mm -hmm. Devo time every day, being yeah. happy when you go do your ministry at club and campaigners or whatever. And so I was like, I'm just going to let everybody know I'm in a crappy mood that I don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to read the Bible every day. And I'm going to uh -huh. be very transparent about it. I think my biggest fear for me was that people would isolate me or people uh -huh. would ostracize me. Yeah. And it was a level of vulnerability that gave people an opportunity to love me and what I thought mm -hmm. was my true self. And here's yeah. the thing. Once people started loving me for that, I realized these, these aren't even things that I want to do. I just felt so much rebellion against yeah. what I felt like I should be doing that there was um, some dissonance there. It was yeah. like, 
reading the Bible is not bad. The Bible has yeah. some good stuff in it every now and yeah. then, you know? And so I don't know. It was just, it was a really cool thought experiment. Yeah. That's a bit harder Yeah. when you start having people rely on you, which is yeah. why I feel like I was really lucky to do it yeah. so, so early in life. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and again, this this isn't meant to be a religious uh, top uh, show, but I'm I'm going to take just a quick quick tangent because I think like a lot of people, you know, since I grew up in a church, but you know, I'm like, okay, you know, Bible's the you know true word of God, no questions. And yeah. then you get a little older, and you're like, okay, well, but is that? But how can you really know that? And the truth is, you can't know it. You can't know it is, and you can't know it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, you know, kind of the the thing that I the thing that I keep thinking of that I come to is like, okay, well, let's see, I think um. You know, was I think uh, Muhammad died in his sleep, uh, either I think in his sleep uh, after basically having essentially conquered all the pretty much all of the Middle East yep. on after like his third or fourth, I think his third pilgrimage to Mecca. Uh, Buddha died, uh, Siddhartha Gautama, aka Buddha, died of food poisoning. Um, all of the apostle, you know, your Christ, all the apostles except for St. John and St. Paul were all martyred, just brutally, brutally martyred. Yep. And none of them ever renounced their faith. Mm-hmm. So that tells me something happened that was pretty meaningful in their life. Because generally speaking, people don't volunteer to be crucified upside down for nothing. That is facts. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so again, I'm I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything, but that's kind of one of those things where I'm like, you know, you you, and this was sort of my point of maturation. You go from like, you know, from like, you know, blind faith. This is how it is. To like, okay, well, how do I know? To like, well, if I just think about the balance of probabilities, um, I think there's something there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I completely agree. And it's like, it's one thing for like, you know, Jesus did it. Obviously, he yeah. was crucified and yeah. didn't renounce it. But then the apostles went and followed. And then, yeah. like, it's just, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so no, no, that's okay. No, I'm just, uh, I'm just going to get into non-value added storytelling. So <laughs> let's keep that. Let, let's, let's get back on track. Okay, cool, man. Let's bring it back to dreams and goals. What are the highest impact daily actions that are going to tick the needle forward towards your dreams and goals, changing the culture and organizing mm-hmm. and living a life that is authentic. So I think the, um, I've been I've been getting a lot better at uh at journaling recently. Not not that journaling directly like changes anything, but it helps me to clarify my thoughts. And I think it also um it also gives me a chance to go back weeks and months into the past and mm-hmm. see what I was thinking. So then I can I can either I can see the I can see the evolution of how I'm unpacking uh, unpacking things that I'm doing. It also gives me you know because like sometimes I'll put out lists. Sometimes I'll say you know I'll just you know sometimes I'll make a list of things I need to do. Sometimes I'll just list out things I'm thinking about or things I'm feeling. But I think that a lot of times just getting that down, and especially as a male, that that kind of discipline is kind of hard because you know everybody told me to do it when I was a kid, and of course I never did, and now I wish I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got gotcha. you. So journaling. Yep. Yep. It's pretty simple, but I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty meaningful because of course, but you know, I think I'm, I'm normally out of bed at about four 45 in the morning because right now the, uh, the gig I'm working on starts, I, I work East coast time and live on the West coast. So I start at five. And so, you know, I'm up, you know, up early that I don't think that's because what I keep trying to think is right. What's a, 
what's a source of value and what's just something that happens alongside value? Because I think what a lot of people do is they'll see somebody, you know, say somebody like Alex Hermosi, right? Yeah. Alex gets up at four in the morning. I'm going to get up at four in the morning. That doesn't mean you're going to be worth a hundred million dollars. Uh-huh. You're yep. still going <laughs> to, Alex goes, to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. That doesn't mean you're going to be worth a hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, what they do is as so, and the, uh, the colloquial term for this is they call this cargo cult, uh, cargo cult, because after world war II in the South Pacific, what happened was native Islanders, they actually built Air tra- they have, they built air traffic control towers with bamboo and they made like coconut uh, headphones and they had signal sticks with bamboo pieces thinking that if they mimicked running an airfield that more airplanes would come to bring supplies oh i see i see and so what a lot of people do is they will mimic the habits of people who are highly successful thinking that that's what makes them highly successful and it's not the thing that makes you highly successful generally speaking, and I, I totally stole this from Mark Manson, so I'm going to give credit where, it is, where it's due, is that you have a counterintuitive idea that actually ends up being right, and then you put a shit ton of work into it. Yep. And of course, the problem is that most counterintuitive ideas are wrong. So you have to go through being wrong a whole lot in order to get the, that, that one that's right, usually. Yeah. That's the part nobody sees. <laughs> yeah, no, Absolutely. Yeah, really most counterintuitive, that, that there's a reason why common sense exists. It's because, you know, m- most things that defy common sense are bad ideas. But yes. just about everything that has been highly successful has, there's a really good reason to think it was a bad idea. And for whatever reason, it worked out because something changed. Yeah. And it's crazy how, how much of that is due to like, kind of happenstance, you know? Yeah. It's like, there was yes. a, lu- a lucky connection happened and then the right timing and all that yeah. stuff. Well, and because this is one one of my favorite object lessons too, is when you're talking about right timing, because I I roll my eyes every time I see some, you know, some Twitter or LinkedIn post about Steve Jobs, because it's like in 1996, Steve Jobs was an arrogant Jack A who nobody wanted to work with, nobody wanted to work for, who, you know, who ruined Apple computer and couldn't be trusted to, uh, you know, and, you know, and, and, and couldn't be trusted to run a company. Yeah. Um, you know, then Toy Story comes out, Apple, iPod, all of a sudden he's a genius. I'm like, uh, in the early nineties, everybody thought that he was an arrogant jerk who, uh, you know, who, you know, who, who couldn't work with people. Um, yeah. this is where i'm talking about how the story changes when when the story changes with results (laughs) yeah yeah, no absolutely (laughs) you're definitely right i go because yes he was a visionary but he didn't become a different person from the early 90s (laughs) to to the mid 2000s yeah he he didn't change he didn't fundamentally change (laughs) (laughs) yeah no for sure well cool doug what character trait do you most need to develop right now to make your dream life come true I would say I'm going to say focus and, but I want to say focus on the things that are really uncomfortable. So maybe it's, maybe it's more like the discipline to do the really uncomfortable things. I gotcha. What's the most uncomfortable thing you can do right now, right after this podcast? Oh, it, it's uh you know right after this podcast it is going to be to uh shift into a smaller place that is that that that, that is by far what's gonna you know it, so i don't know if you're old enough to get this reference but uh that that that's what's going to turn the dial up to 11 
I'm not old enough to get that. Okay, so there was a Rob Reiner movie called Spinal Tap, where one of the rockers had an amp that uh, normally they go from one to ten, and it had an eleven on it. Okay, so I'm going to give you an assignment right now. As soon as we're done, go find Spinal Tap. Go it find Spinal Tap. Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. And so it's uh, moving into a smaller place, but you can't do that for four years, isn't that right? Uh, well, and so, but yeah, you, you, you said, what's the one thing today? It's so, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I can, it's just extremely painful. What's the one thing you can do that you are willing to do today? Okay. That is can the hardest do. thing, most uncomfortable thing that will move you forward. Uh, let's see. Most uncomfortable thing that'll move me forward. It's, it's, it's going to be, it'll, it'll be having the hard conversations with family, Ooh. having the family conversations. There we go. To spend less time yeah. with them. Yeah. Mm. Those are never easy. Yeah. How much time is less time in your head? Is it once a week, once a month, once a year? Um, I mean, I, I'd be totally cool with, you know, a couple, once or twice a month. It's closer to once or twice a week now. Oof. Yeah. It gets to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Once or twice a, a month. Lot. There we yeah. go. Cool, man. Are you going to do it? Yes. Sounds good. <laughs> if there were one or two people you could meet right now and they'd this could be a type of person or a specific person, and they'd really help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would they help you? Hmm. Well, um, I want to resist the the urge to put like, you know, internet celebrities and business celebrities on here because most of the time when you meet, you know, what would what your really famous people, you find out that they're incredibly human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and so the 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 what I, what I, the kind of person that I would really want to meet and speak with is somebody who has gone through the similar type of uh emotional life path uh sense of revelation and then life changes to get to that point of authenticity um okay. because I mean because because frankly it's like you know if uh, if somebody if, if I if I see somebody's TikTok about being authentic and they're 25, they've never been married or never had, had kids. Sorry. You don't have any credibility in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 I go, sorry, you know, you're, you're a weekend warrior. You, you, you haven't gone to war yet. Yeah. You, know, you haven't had to do the hard stuff yet. So, you know, it's like the, it's like the 23 year old life coaches. How, how much life can you coach me about? <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, you need you, you need you need you need to have some wounds and scars in order to get the credibility. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Do you think a twenty-three-year-old life coach that asks you a hard question would be able to help you out, or do you think their questions hold no merit? Um, it's so it's you know it it's it's not the questions because you know anybody can read questions off a sheet, right? You know the mm -hmm. you know, the therapists I work with, there is very little she says she says that is you know that's like mind-blowing but she has 27 years experience and works with you know you know and is you know over a career has worked with you know hundreds to thousands of people in a similar situation as me yeah and so that that that, that that's credibility that you can't get by you know just by just reading a sentence mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know and you know it's the it's the warren buffett or the warren buffett or tom billu effect right you know if you, it it's like if, if, if somebody's if somebody has credibility and says something that's fairly you know that's fairly milk toast you'll listen to it because they have credibility 
um, you know, whereas otherwise you have to say something really outlandish and you, and then if you don't have credibility, most people won't listen to it, but (laughs) it's very fair. It's very fair. It's, it's a strange conundrum. Yeah. It's a strange conundrum, but also makes perfect sense. Cause that was a big proof. word. You're, you're like, uh, you're, you're talking all fancy on me here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what's a, be- what's a better word for conundrum? Uh, it's fine. I'm uh, just giving you a bad time. Maybe? Yeah. I'm Is just giving right? you a bad time. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, but it is a uh, strange cause you, um, it's like we walk by people that might be able to help us every day. Mm-hmm. And then we, discount it because they don't have the experience mm-hmm. but there's like the people with the experience you know sometimes are out of reach because yeah. they cost you like tony yeah. robbins oh good luck you know yeah you could pay him a hundred thousand dollars to yeah. talk to you for 15 minutes maybe you know? he probably but, still wouldn't do it <laughs> exactly <laughs> he probably still wouldn't do it but he's like he's the ultimate authority right like yeah anybody could coach you on life i would want to go to tony robbins for sure um you know depending on who you are you can also talk about yeah. like just top top celebrities across the board. Yeah, it's like you know somebody might have heard Tony Robbins speak and literally be giving you the same advice that Tony would mm-hmm. give you in that same situation. Yeah, just like you know we discount it, and so I'm yeah, I'm curious of like holding up the you need experience because I need social proof to trust uh-huh. it's true. Yeah, and then just being able to personally evaluate information on its own merit and then go Mm -hmm. apply it as an individual and even like getting the information yourself. Like Tony Robbins might just tell some people to be consistent. And it's like, well, you could have told yourself to be consistent. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and so, so yeah, here's kind of here, here's the, here's the mental hack that I think of. Okay. Am I talking to somebody who's made some of the same mistakes I have? Because then, you know, because then, you know, then they'll, they'll have a more first person understanding of what I'm working with. Yeah. They'll be able to understand and empathize. And a bit more. Fortunately, there's a higher population of those kind of of those kind of people, and I, I I'd hope it'll cost less than a hundred grand for 15 minutes, but I haven't priced it out yet. I'm sure it will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will. Well, cool, man. Uh, now we're gonna jump into our thriving three. These are real okay. Cool. First question: What's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Uh, let's see. So, book, fiction, nonfiction. Either one. Just favorite. All right. Okay, uh, favorite book, Count of Monte Cristo, Alexander Dumas. Every time I read it, I love it more. What was it called? Count of, Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, Count of Monte Okay, I got you. I got you. I've never read it. Why is that your favorite? Um, because it's a, um, it's an, well, it's an, ala- well, so, you know, it ends up, you know, it's all based on a very elaborate revenge plot where the main character, Edmund Dantes, was framed for being a, you know, basically for being a political radical in favor of Napoleon Bonaparte and thrown mm-hmm. into prison. And essentially he lost like 20 years of his life. And so he, you know, he acquires a whole bunch of wealth, does this really elaborate plan on how to get revenge. And then at the at the very end, kind of goes then think, but then eventually goes through a period of self-discovery where he figured out that his life really doesn't get any better by getting revenge on all these people and he really just needs to be his be his authentic self yeah you're big on authenticity yeah well you know it's uh when uh you know you 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 know you you get there you know i you, you spend a lot of your life uh conforming to expectations it, it, it eventually it kind of hits you yeah 
Yeah, I got you. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, let's see. That's a good question. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a really, really good question. Um, I, I'd like to say that I, that, that I take time out to go on, uh, go on walks, but I don't do that anywhere near as consistently as I should. There. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can, we can do the walks. All right. Okay. Yeah, uh, let me slide with that one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet that person with a similar type of life path, life experience, who has mm-hmm. gone to that authenticity can help you get there as well. Um, well, and a lot of those people I'm reaching out to for my podcast. So it's really just, I think, continuing the outreach mm. and, you know, continue. And also, you know, I've started getting into doing more guesting as well. I was hosting a lot for a while, but I think that, I think that the, the guesting opportunities will be a lot of chance, will be some really good chances to do exactly that, to meet people who, have gone through some of those, you know, the, you know, some of those have made those similar mistakes, gone through some of these uh, similar life transformations. Yeah. Which is a nice way of saying, you know, having gone through a lot of emotional trauma and decided that whatever you were doing before, you can't, you can't keep going with. Mm, I see. <laughs> I see. There we go. All right. We're going to jump into our final series of questions. Okay. We got about five minutes. So we're going to run through this. You ready? I gotcha. I'm down. What is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life? If any, I was supposed to preface this with yeah. you can all also choose to pass on any of these questions because they do get a little bit personal. Yeah, uh, well, no, okay. Well, that's admitting defeat, so that isn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's uh then and that that ties into my limiting belief, which is you know probably my uh my my biggest limiting belief is that asking for help or uh you know or admitting that something failed is some or that something didn't work is somehow a admission of defeat and or failure. And mm-hmm. so I will tend to not ask for help when I should, and I'll tend to hang on to things longer than I should because I don't want to make that admission. I gotcha. I gotcha. And where does that come from? Uh, I mean, a boy, that's a, this is, we're getting into therapy now. <laughs> that's a, um, I, I think, I mean, it, at one way it could be a desire to be right or to not be wrong, but I think a, Probably a, yeah, I mean, I, well, just because I think like, you know, just growing up, like everyone in my family, they, people always like did stuff themselves instead of hiring it out, you know, it'd be like, okay, you know, the, you know, a, a part of how you knew you were a useful person is if you could do stuff because it's like, you know, if, if, if you have to have, if you have to pay somebody to do something, that's just admitting defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's utterly unreasonable, but. It is. That, that's, <laughs> that's, and it's really juvenile if you think about it, but yeah, but, but you know, that's, uh, that, that's, that's the upbringing I'm overcoming. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> and are there any limiting actions or inactions that reinforce this limiting belief in your life? Um, I think, yeah, the, the, the inactions are largely that I just, I probably don't cut things loose fast enough. And that's, uh, you know, if you're, you're if, if you're going through a dynamic life where things are changing, you have to develop that discipline. Otherwise, you'll end up with a lot of hanger honors uh, yeah. that, uh, that that dilute your focus. You know, that's get back back into the stuff that's easy for Alex to say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what are some what is something you can do to, like, 
create a system around cutting stuff off quickly. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, I mean, the, uh, the, the easiest is, you know, just at a, you know, at a, at a certain time interval once a year or so, just make a list of things that I'm doing in rank order, top to bottom, cut the ones on the bottom. Mm. We call this, we call that a zero-based budget in finances that, you know, you do a rank order of your projects and then you do your funding. And when you run out of funding, you just stop doing projects. It's where you're supposed to do it. Nobody actually operates that way, but it's where you're supposed to do it. <laughs> and is, is cutting something in a year fast enough for you or do you need a quicker turnaround? When's your ideal turnaround? Um, well, because the thing is, I I need enough time with something to be able to tell whether it's meaningful or not. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like, you know, if I guess my thought is if you if you're gonna give something less than a year, then why'd you start it in the first place? It's very fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in theory, at some point I could just stop trying to run harebrained ideas, but I don't think that's going down. So Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Cool, cool. All right, we got one last question for you. Okay, All right, shoot. What is your favorite belief about yourself? Uh, my favorite belief about myself. That I'll always do what needs to be. I'll, I, I will always do what needs to be done. There we go. Might not always do it as fast as it as, as would be optimal, but I will get there. I love it. <laughs> Doug, that's all we got for you, man. Thanks for coming okay. on. The show. All right. Thank you much. Of course, we appreciate you. And is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Uh, I, I, I think we're good. Yeah, we'll see. You know, ho hopefully, I didn't get your show canceled, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I don't have Rotten Tomatoes coming at me at any time soon. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Well, if you guys are listening to this and you loved what Doug had to say, make sure to check out his podcast. Uh, all the other links to check him out will be down in the show notes as well. Thank you guys so much for watching. Oh. You got something to say? Yeah, I was just going to say, throw out the link, peoplefirstleaders.net. There we go. It'll be, it'll be in the show notes, but yeah, so it's clickable. But yeah, peoplefirstleaders.net or just search it on. It's on all of them. So just search wherever you podcast at. There we go. Check that out. It'll be in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next one. And on that note, we're out. Hey there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and send it to a friend. Don't forget, head over to workwithtimmydouglas.com to get your list of life-changing questions and our free book, Impact Ignition, Live a Purposeful Life. See you tomorrow for another show.